welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of my podcast. I usually have one, the Black Wealth Experience podcast, as well as the Mile High Real Estate uh, Spotlight podcast. Uh, and then I have Brian's Mindset Daily that you are all welcome to come to. But I've been asked several times, and there, I don't have any guests today. And the reason is, is because I've been asked to do a podcast or a seminar or a workshop on uh, reverse mortgages because it's one of those underutilized uh, products that's out there uh, that can change uh, generational wealth. And I know we've been talking about that for a long time. What is this thing called generational wealth and how do we pass things on? Uh, and the reverse mortgage is a tool that can be used in so many ways. And so today uh, I'm going to give my top 11 uh, what I would call reasons to consider a reverse mortgage, uh, as whether it's a wealth building tool or as a way to uh, enhance your life or to create happiness or or whatever what have you that you would use it for. Uh, but it's one of those tools that uh, is not talked about enough, uh, is not talked about in some of the circles that we have, uh, and it's something that I believe can make a difference. So uh, here we go. I'm going to try to do as many stories as I can. Uh, with it. And I'm going to start out with a bang. I'm going to start about, we just talked about generational wealth. And one of the ways that I've been able to utilize uh, a reverse mortgage for generational wealth is um, is taking, you know, some of the equity that might be in a home now and transferring it to the youth. So instead of waiting for somebody to pass away or to die, uh, why don't we use it as a living benefit to start transferring? Not like the prodigal son, where the prodigal son takes his inheritance and then he runs and then he squanders it, but dad still had some. So this is an example. So a reverse mortgage, uh, for those you don't know, you don't make a mortgage payment. You do have to make your taxes and your insurance and you have to keep up with the property. Uh, and you can find out all about those by calling me. Oh, by the way, my name is Brian Arnold, if you didn't know that already. Uh, but, you know, one of the things, you know, we'll, we can teach you all about reverse mortgages, but here we're just really going to talk about those top 11. So, you know, what if we were to take some of the equity out? So this is an example to, you know, a person who had a house that was worth $675,000, a grandma. And we took out $200,000, uh, $80,000, I'm sorry, $80,000 we used to do home improvement. We'll talk about that in a second. The other $120,000, we divided it three ways, $40,000, $40,000, $40,000. And that went to three grandkids for down payments for homes. So now this person has one house, their family maybe had, you know, one other person had a home, but there was not a lot of generations or a lot of, you know, kids or grandkids who own their own homes. And so grandma owned her home. Uh, now she was able to watch three other grandkids start getting home. So I said, well, ma'am, you're 72 years old because reverses mortgage are 62 and above, 55 if we can be careful. Uh, so 62 and above, um, we can get a reverse mortgage, uh, took $40,000 for three grandkids to have down payments to start creating generational wealth. I told her she's 72. If she lives to 92, she gets to watch 20 years of equity grow for those kids. And if she passes at 92, instead of her dying there and then folks taking the money out and buying cars or whatever, uh, paying off debt or whatever people do with an inheritance, because an inheritance only usually lasts two generations. But check this out. So she, she dies at 92. She's seen 20 years of equity grow 
in three different children's houses, whether they've stepped up to a new house, whether they stayed in those same houses, but she controlled the narrative when they're getting in. That's number one. Number two, an investment property. Uh, you know, so so one of the ways that we think about it, I had a, 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 I should say a young man, but he was in his early 80s and his wife passed and the house became too big. Social Security was gone from both of them, only get one of those to use. Uh, and he didn't really want to live in the house that he had spent, you know, 40 some years with with his wife in. And so what one of the things that that we did is uh, we decided to sell that house, take out the money that was in that house and buy a fourplex. And inside that fourplex, because of reverse mortgage you have to live in, he lived in one of the units and then he then he rented the other three units to three of his buddies at twenty five hundred dollars each. So, you know, twenty five hundred. 2500 5000 $2,500, $7,500. So he went from not having his wife's social security to having $7,500 of income coming in and not making a payment on the own mortgage that he has in there. And when he passes, his kids are going to get that fourplex. But in the meantime, he's starting to create this generational wealth and not only wealth for himself, why he's generating money while he's still alive. That's number two. Number three, rental income. So one of the ways to do it is, like I said, you have to live in your house. So you can't go buy a home and boo a reverse mortgage on it. But if you have enough, and in, the, in this gentleman's uh, situation, same thing, wife passed away, didn't want to live in the home anymore. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Back up. He did live in the home, wanted to live in the home, was thinking he couldn't afford it because his wife passed. And so when his wife passed, now he doesn't have enough income to pay his taxes and his insurance and the things that are on the home. Uh, and so he was talking in, to me and was saying, well, I would like to have a renter uh, in my basement, but I'm really scared. I'm in my 80s. What if somebody takes advantage of me coming in and out of the home? What if they mess up my basement? And my kids don't get it. So what we did is we took out enough money in his equity uh, to buy a condo, condominium so he lives in his house, has a reverse mortgage. So now we have no payment on it. He has a condominium now uh, that we purchased with cash that now has a rental income coming to him. So now he has two properties, no payment and rental income coming in. So that, there you go for rental incomes. That's number three. Legacy. So one of the things that you're able to do, you can do whatever you want with the money that you pull out. And some folks, well, you know, if they sell this house, it's only worth $500,000. If I take out a, you know, a um, an equity line of credit, or I take out the income, you know, on the property, uh, you know, or the, um, the uh, yeah, the equity that's in the, that's in the property. If I take that out, uh, let's say I take $200,000 out, now that's $200,000 less uh, because that has to be paid off when I pass away. But in that case, they said, well, what if I buy a life insurance policy because he's healthy? This can't happen for everybody. But a life insurance policy and spend $40,000 and pay it all up front for more than the $500,000 that would be able to pay the house off. So now he has a life insurance policy that he paid up with some of the money from the equity. And now when he does pass away, that life insurance kicks in and then now helps the family out with even more money than he could have if they would have just been able to sell the house. So that's number four, legacy uh, with life insurance. Number five, a retirement strategy. So one of the things that it, for folks are able to do, so let's say you're in your 60s, 62, you can get this loan and 55 if we do it right, right? And you have enough equity in your house. 
So we can use that equity for your retirement because we know you don't get full retirement till 72, right? So if you start taking out Social Security at 62, it's a lot less over your lifetime. But what if we use the equity in your house and set it up for between 62 and 72, use some of the equity to pay for your retirement if you're retired or an additional income if you're getting ready to retire. Then at 72, we then start pulling out uh, some of your retirement. So a retirement strategy could be a way to utilize your reverse mortgage. You bought this house in your 20s. You use it to pay for your retirement from 62 to 72. Then you have way more money in Social Security from 72 until your life ends. So that was number five, retirement strategy. Number six, lifestyle. If your spouse dies, I've already talked about it a couple of times. When your spouse dies and if you were both on Social Security, that means you lose one of those incomes. You have to pick one or the other. Well, how am I going to maintain the same lifestyle if one person's gone, if we don't have as much money coming in? Maybe it's not even enough money to come in. And we didn't do all the planning. We didn't have the Dave Ramsey's and the Susie Ormans and all the people who are telling us what to do when we're young. And now we're a little bit older and we don't have enough. So a lifestyle strategy to maintain that same lifestyle uh, that you had before a spouse passed away, maybe. Uh, that's the last number six. Number seven, medical expenses. So when we think about medical expenses and we think about Medicaid and Medicare, right? Medicaid is one of those things that you have to spend down assets to be able to do. What if you had a line of credit in the side of your uh, reverse mortgage that now is a strategy that allows you to qualify for Medicaid? Right. You've probably been paying Social Security, Medicaid all your life up until till now. And now you're going, well, how am I going to afford some of the care that's needed? So instead of having to go to a skilled nursing facility, what if you had enough money inside of your uh, your equity in your home uh, to pay for in-home care, which can be sometimes more exp less expensive than I would say, depending on how much you need it, you know, like a skilled nursing facility. What if the nurse comes to your home and you get to stay in it to your view? What, what if you now you qualify for that Medicaid and the Medicare? And so those medical bills aren't something that's worrying you that you're worried about every single day when you get up. So there we go. Number seven, life uh, medical expenses. Number eight, home improvement. You know, hey, you know, I, it was funny. I, I said that with somebody, you know what? But forget this. I'll, I'll give this story. My own mom, right? So my mom, we, we decided to go do a, uh, a reverse mortgage because she wanted to be able to, you know, have some money to continue her lifestyle, uh, to live out the rest of her days in dignity. My sister and I are doing fine. We were, she, you know, she, we're, she said, well, I want you guys to have, you know, enough equity so you have an inheritance. Like, mom, we're doing okay. What is something you really been wanting to do since you've lived in this house? And she said, I want to do my kitchen. I want to be able to get a new kitchen. I hate this kitchen. I hate the cabinets in the kitchen. I hate the drawers in the kitchen. I hate the way it was designed. We would reverse mortgage. One year later, there's a brand new kitchen. A whole bunch of other things that happened in the meantime to make that happen. But a brand new kitchen uh, was afforded there on home improvement. So we think about home improvement. Number eight, number nine, an emergency fund, right? So what if you uh, are thinking about what if something were to happen? and the roof break, you know, or, or something where the insurance doesn't cover or something that, you know, you have to go to the hospital for an ambulance trip that's not covered uh, by some of the insurance on medical stuff. What if it's kids or grandkids that have some kind of emergency that you want to be able to help out with? Well, you can have that line of credit inside of a, a reverse mortgage that allows you to access with 20 to 24 to 48 hours funds out of your equity to be able to give for an emergency. So there we go. Number eight was emergency. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. That was number nine. Number nine was emergency. Eight was home improvement. Number nine was emergency fund. 
10, uh, your ability to uh, stay in your home. Um, had, had, had a couple clients that they were, um, they, they had purchased a home together. Um, and I'm not going to give their names, but they purchased a home together. Uh, and their, their purchase on their mortgage, and they're, they're over 65, uh, their purchase was $1,700 a month was their payment. Uh, one one received Social Security at $1,200 a month. The other received Social Security at $1,500 a month. So between the two of them, they had $2,700 a month coming in from Social Security that was able to pay that $1,700 taxes insurance on their house. What happened is one of them went into hospice or into care with some cancer, with some things that uh, weren't, weren't able to, to stay up with. The fear became is if I die and they're projecting that I'm going to die in the next six weeks, if I die, then my income goes away. And then all of a sudden now either one of them, but in this case, it was the one with $1,200 a month was going to try to figure out how she was going to spend $1,700 a month or pay for $1,700 a month in a house payment. We did a reverse mortgage. Uh, we were able to be where there's no payment where we got that done before the other partner passed away. And then that $1,200 a month, now goes to paying for other bills, not trying to figure out how they're going to live. They got to stay in the house because the fear was foreclosure, right? Because you can't stay in a house when you only pay $1,200 when the mortgage is $1,700. And so not having to sell the house, not having to you know, have it foreclosed on, not having all those things of the reverse mortgage was afforded to do. So that's number 10. Now, here we go. Number 11. And I haven't even talked about this part of it yet. Number 11 is you can purchase a reverse mortgage. You can purchase a reverse or use you purchase a home using a reverse mortgage. The way you do that is you have to have somewhere around 50% down. So let's say you, you were thinking about downsizing because the house was too big. Kids are no longer there. Don't need to try to do the lawn work, whatever it is where you might, you were thinking, well, we'll just go get a smaller house. It's too expensive. So you can sell that house, which we've done many, many times, sell that house, then whatever that brought you in equity, now you only have to put half down and, you know, it depends on your age and stuff, but only half down maybe on the ability to purchase a new home. So I have some friends moving in from, from California. Uh, they are going to sell their home in California and they want to buy a $600,000 house probably over here, uh, you know, in the area. Uh, they'll have to put down around approximately $300,000 uh, and then have no payment for the rest of their lives. Let me say that again. No payment for the rest of their lives paid $300,000 down. They sold it for 600. So they have, you know, six, $300,000 that they can use for whatever they want, furniture or, or in the bank or uh, emergency or whatever it is, lifestyle. Uh, and then, so they keep that money in their uh, possession to be able to use no payment for the rest of their lives, get to use their whole social security. We've now not, and now they got the house that they want in retirement not the downsized house that they would have to, because one of the biggest hurdles, I guess, with somebody in their 70s or 60s and 80s of the, is income. If you don't have a whole bunch of income, it's really hard to buy a house if you're trying to do it with the mortgage. And if you're trying to buy cash with how much prices of homes have gone up, that's even harder to do. So there you go. 11 ways, 11 ways to consider doing a reverse mortgage. Um, I'm not saying it's the right for everyone. I'm not saying that everybody needs one. I'm just saying that it gives you options. And there's so many times when we don't have options that something that's out there, it's been around since the, the 80s. 
you know, that people have been able to take advantage of it, but it hasn't been very popular because I think some people don't know what those advantages are. So again, my name is Brian Arnold. Thank you for tuning in and listening today. I hope this helps. Uh, go ahead and give me a call. Number and stuff will be in the comment section if you want to have more information or how it works or what we can do to help you. So have an awesome, wonderful day. I say this at the uh, end of all of my podcasts is you can do it. You deserve it. Let me or us help you get it done. You guys have a wonderful, awesome day. Talk to you soon.